0: All right, everybody, Vinny Fisher back with another episode of The Total CEO. Hey, I have a really cool guest today. He's my new favorite Italian friend, and I want to talk to you about this really cool stuff. So James and I are new friends, but I want to tell you something, guys. I want to tell you a story that's going to happen. This interview is going to be filled with some things you aren't expecting where it's going. And why I want you to hold on for the ride is because you, too, can actually – accomplish everything you want. Are you on mission? Do you actually know what it is you want to do? Well, let me introduce you first to my new friend, James Nolan. James, thanks for being on the show, brother.
1: Hey, thanks for having me on the show, Vinny.
0: Appreciate it. Hey, James, before we get too crazy and in the middle of everything you're going to say and me interrupt you, go 70,000 different directions, which is how this show goes. We're talking to business owners. We're talking to CEOs Their hairs on fire. They're looking for good tidbits. Why don't you tell us who the heck you are?
1: So, Vinny, I'm a country boy who grew up in Virginia, who dreamed and who achieved his dream. Um, You know, I'm 36 years old, I'm a millennial, and uh, I grew up in the foothills of Southern Virginia. And my father was a UPS worker, my mother was a factory worker. uh, And by all intents and means, they made good money. Uh, and I didn't have a whole lot of people in my community who, who quite frankly look like me and you know, I'm not Italian. I'm, I'm actually black to, to look up to in terms of what I wanted to financially model my life after.
0: By the way, you know, we're on a live Facebook show, so they'll be able to see the color. <laughs> you, know, you might not have had to point that out, but that's good. Good. <laughs>
1: There might be some Italian in there somewhere. Um, But you know, I I watched the Huxtables on TV and uh, I saw that there was this successful household with this uh, uh, doctor and a lawyer with a wonderful family in this beautiful house. And so I went to medical school and ended up dropping out of medical school. And then I went to law school and I finished law school and practiced corporate law. And then I was unfulfilled with that. So I quit and I started my own company back in 2007.
0: All right, cool. So let's stop right there. You actually were lawyers. I didn't know we both the two of us. And so you may not know that about me, but, you know, uh, I'm not actually trying to recover. You can't hire me, but I actually love the law. And so I play with it all the time. You wrote a book, the Purposeful Millionaire. And at purposefillmillionaire.me, people can find that book. By the way, since we're a show, we put all the links in there and all that stuff. So along the way, don't be afraid to say, you can find me at JamesNolan.com. This show is about you today, James. So we're going to dive into that. I really want to make sure everyone knows. If they want to know about you, they want to know about my new Italian friend, they go to JamesNolan.com, right? If they want to go get your book, which we're about to talk a whole bunch about, we can go to PurposefulMillionaire.me. Is that right?
1: That's right. PurposefulMillionaire.me. Awesome.
0: And they can also go to Amazon and all that good stuff. Okay. Now, that's great. We'll talk about that a few more times in the show. One of the things, um, as you know, we're new to each other, I really want to start by putting some real uh, intensity on this. Your whole life changed at one point. Yes. I want to know about that. What happened?
1: Well, it, it's changed a couple of times, but the one that's most recent was on August 25th, 2012. Um, I was a successful businessman and uh, I had gone out to uh, kayak with one of my friends who had flown down from New England. And he's uh, one of the guys who's a sea shepherd uh, who goes up to Antarctica and fights on whaling expeditions. And he's a surfer and I'm a former triathlete. So we went out kayaking and we did not bring life jackets. Um, went out to the middle of this giant lake in the middle of East Texas, and a freak storm came out of nowhere. It filled our kayaks with water. It turned the uh, lake into a washing machine. And next thing I know is that I was in the water trying to save my kayak because we were a couple of miles from shore. Um, So that evening, you know, I'm treading in water. My buddy's kayak filled with uh, water, and he was treading in water. And he realized that I was in bad shape because my kayak had filled up with water prior to his and I would expended a lot of energy in the water. So his name's Tyler. Uh, he's a medical doctor. He went to undergrad with me. He said, I've got to swim to shore to save you because you're not in good shape. Try to float, try to tread, uh, but I will be back. Lo and behold, it took him a really long time to get to shore. I thought that when I was saying goodbye to him, I was saying goodbye to him for good. And um, during that time, I reached a point where I drowned. And Tyler led the mission to Uh, Saved me. And it was him and a neighbor and his son on a jet ski leading the mission before emergency medical responders could get out there to me with a larger boat. And they pulled my body from the water. And during that time, I'd gone to a different place and I was actually looking up uh, from an elevated position as if I were on a helicopter and I saw my body when it was rescued. I had that total experience in my life. And when I was recovering in the hospital, regaining my consciousness, regaining my ability to speak, regaining my vocabulary and my strength, I had an awakening. And that awakening was this. I had been living my life on a scale of 1 to 10 in terms of happiness at about a 5 to 8. Now, I had the flashy friends, and I had the flashy cars and houses and traveling all around the world, and I was successful, and I had a lot of money. However, I was not feeling fulfilled and purposeful. When I had my accident on 825 12, I came back a different perp- person, a more purposeful person, a one, one who said, I loved you a lot more to his mm-hmm. family, uh, even to some of his uh, business colleagues and associates and employees, and somebody who really set out for life with an intention of making the world a better place. Now, Benny, so, the James, book is it's
0: funny, it's but part of that. So, you know, I have a philosophy you may not know about me, but I, I don't think people. I don't. I think in today's society we don't respect time. What I mean by that is, uh, time is moving. Everything around us is moving so fast. So, our ability to respect time is either gone or virtually gone. And so, when you just said things like, I, I give kisses and hugs, and I say nice things, and I have affirmations. Mm-hmm. Is time slowed down for you?
1: I would say the time has slowed down, but it's sped up at the same time. Okay. Um, I feel as if I can milk so much out of every single day now. My day might be 16 hours long from the time that I rise in the morning until the time that I go to bed at night, but I'm getting so much more out of each day. So each day feels longer, but over the course of six months or a year, I look back and it feels like it happened just in an instant, which is really kind of an amazing place to be. Because right now, speaking with you, I am in the present. I am looking into Vinny's eyes. I'm focusing on what he is saying to me, and I'm listening to the question. And I have a connection with him right now. So it's almost as if time is standing still. However, you know, with all the the wonderful blessings that have come into my life, and milking so much out of each day, and having so much productivity, um, a year goes by magically quickly. A day goes by very slow for me, but a year goes by very quickly.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, I have four kids and a wife and a blooming business and all those things. Like, you know, I remember when Sophia, our oldest came out, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, do I have to sign something to take her home? Like, I feel like that was yesterday, right? Like stuff just blurs by. And so she's now soon to be 16 and all those great things. So I'm tracking you on there. Let me ask you a question. Do you have, um, what, what, what burdens do you carry as a result of that day?
1: You know, I I don't carry any burdens from that day and I feel fully unleashed. Um, having found my purposeful life and having come back a totally different person, you know, I still have some of the same values, but... I'm in a different place right now. So I don't carry the burden of wanting to be somebody that I'm not, you know, I can walk so into. A- I, so
0: I guess what I was asking there, like, you know, when I think of burden, I actually use it in a very positive sense. Like I have a burden and an obligation to be a very good father and raise my children, do all these things. And so do you have a like this book, it bled out of you. It was, I feel like it was burdensome. You're required to write the book. Like when I think of burdens, I mean, what are you or what are your things that you like, Oh, I wouldn't say haunt you, but motivate you to move. Like we're required, I believe, as, as value to other people. We're required to do things to help people. It's not make money. It's not like literally, you know, when you go speak on stages and the super popular guy you are, you have a burden to get a message out, don't you? Yeah, That's what I'm referring to.
1: Absolutely. I totally get it. And the burden that I carry on my back every single day is that, Vinny, I know that time is running out and I'm on a mission to achieve certain things in life, and I don't want to die before my mission is achieved. So I carry the burden of living each day to its fullest, but I'm also in a hurry. I want Mm. to achieve this because I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. No promises, right? I don't know if, you know, I feel divinely covered by the positive energy forces in the universe and the fact that I put so much good into the universe and I treat people well, but I could be run over by a bus tomorrow. And I don't want to leave this earth without having achieved uh, what I feel my mission was. And that is to get the word of prosperity out to as many people as possible, that they can be more, do more, live more, and achieve more by adhering to a set of rules for achieving in one's life.
0: Love it. So, you know, one of the struggles with uh, entrepreneurs having this like awakening or burden within us is, you know, you know if my faith is very important to me. So I'm always struggling with this idea of being content. Like being content with what's been given to me right now, make the best of it, but burden that it's not 74 times bigger, or there aren't 18,000 people more that know it today. How do you deal with that uh, struggle?
1: You know, I, I try to put content in one box and then satisfied into another box because I'm not a satisfied person, but content means I'm able to be present and to breathe and to live in the moment and to really appreciate where I am and to enjoy the journey. Being satisfied means that I'm going to sit on the sofa, be totally satisfied and not want more out of life. Yeah. I refer
0: to that as a sluggard. I don't (laughs) feel that we, I think satisfaction is a, um, is, a, is an interesting word. And so that's why I went with the one that I think is appropriate, content. Mm-hmm. I love how you differentiated those two. And I want to make sure everyone who, who's watching or maybe listening on the show uh, through our audio version that you heard that. Like when we talk about content, like, I, I like what you just said, James, being present. Like you're here, you appreciate what you have, you know the burden that's in front of you, but you're not like, oh, I worked hard enough, let's just go watch a TV show, blah, blah, blah. I'm not that there's anything wrong with some of that stuff. Like sometimes I got to bake out, watch a movie with the kids and have fun. But like, if my goal is to run home, to go sit on the couch, that sounds sluggardly. That sounds like satisfaction, I guess. And so I like how you separated those two. So back on this, like this burden, like how do you want to solve the burden? Or how do you want to feed the burden is probably the better way to look at it.
1: Well, the book is an opportunity for me to feed the burden because it gets the messages out there that if this guy from the southern foothills of Virginia can achieve this life of great purpose and great wealth, then anyone can do it too. And it's a story of one having taken lemons and turned those lemons into lemonade. And it opens the consciousness of people about what they can do and can achieve that's exciting for me. And that's how I'm ridding myself of that burden by speaking on stage, by connecting with you right now, by having podcast listeners and subscribers to hear this message and potentially me receiving an email or you receiving an email saying, Hey, there was a nugget of truth that you shared with me and it helped me to take my business or my personal life, on a different track. Yeah, you know, when you that's what I know.
0: As much as we do the show and people we're with and your book's getting out there, you're gonna get that, right? If you Mm -hmm. lead with a value proposition and you wanna just give and in return you get, right? That's part of the 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 way it goes. Like, but if you give with no expectations of something in return, boy, I'll tell you it just comes. Like I get emails every day from some wonderful people. I just got one the other day from a lady who's like, hey thank you. I'm taking care of my sick husband at home and running our business. Like just a few things you said about Like, hey, like who there was no promises that this stuff wasn't gonna be hard. It just has a reward of hope at the end of it. And so we gotta go do this. Now, you talked about stages. You wanna be on more stages. So I'm gonna introduce you to a good friend of mine, Pete Vargas, right? We'll get that done. That guy seems to have a gateway, but your message, forget Pete's ability. Mm -hmm. Your message is one that people need to hear, right? So Mm -hmm. the fact that that's true and it'll line up with that, you know, you want to go be a pastor to many.
1: That's great. I love it. And so, And, and, um, and you know, life is about finding your ministry. And I think that people say thank you. And they, they, whatever religion you are, whatever spiritual walk you're on, I think your greatest gift to the universe is to give your true authentic gifts to the universe, to serve the world in a way where you are serving your purpose, serving your intent, and inspiring others with doing it. Now, not everybody has to be an author, has to be a CEO. But when somebody finds their purpose and their calling, that's a powerful communication line with the universe saying, thank you. I'm going to do for you what I was meant to do on this earth. And that authenticity is something that's so very powerful, Benny.
0: I love it. I really do love that. So just for people who might have caught up late with us, we can find James Nolan and you can get all the links below, but you can find him at James Nolan, N-O-W-L-I-N dot com. Is that right? That's correct. And then we can do purposefulmillionaire.me, where the book is. But you know, you can also, our friends at Amazon love to give you love. So it's <laughs> another place to find it. Hey, James, I got a couple really good questions for you. I mean, here I am telling you I have good questions, rather arrogant of me, but let me hey. let me let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. What's the hardest thing you're dealing with right now?
1: I will be completely honest with you, Vinny. I'm one to practice what he preaches when it comes to daily disciplines and taking the time to breathe and Mm. to meditate and to make sure that I am living and balancing my life the right way. But with running a company that's going through rapid growth, with working on a successful book launch, with having a personal life that requires attention as well. Uh, I'm not practicing what I'm preaching in terms of the amount of hours a day that I'm putting in with work, personal life, hobbies, satisfaction, breathing, those kinds of things. I am working too many hours. And I don't feel hypocritical for sharing that because I know that I know that my self-awareness is high right now about what's going on in terms of working 80 to 100 hours a week to get this book out. But my goal is to have a more paced life after that, but to also appreciate the goals and the blessings of what we achieved. And we talked about being content earlier. And that means that I don't have to push or force the book as hard as I've been forcing because there's certain natural forces in the universe that are just going to take over. I will be introduced to the right person.
0: You know, here's what I'll tell you. I'd encourage you not to be worried about defending hypocrisy Mm -hmm. or any of that, right? There's seasons of life, right? Mm -hmm. So we built this really cool software here at Fully Accountable. But I had to breathe it into existence. And what you don't know is my dad died his mother died 11 days later but i had this burden of what i wanted to get out i was working crazy Mm -hmm. hours i ended up putting myself sick almost to the hospital Mm -hmm. but i knew if i didn't run that sprint to do that that's like, right. The opportunity on the other side of it wouldn't have existed. And I think there are times, you know, I saw this great quote from uh, this guy, Aaron Pester, who was the uh, founder of Mint. And he said, you know, there are certain things that he felt like he had to, What did, how did he say it? He felt like he knew he had to build his financial software. There are many people who could do stuff and execute, but he felt like he was one of the only people that mm-hmm. could bring that to market the way he was. So that's really your reality in your business. Like I'd encourage you to look at this like season, but also I, I think what people miss on this part of it and this is probably what you talk about in your book and all this stuff i put real where we get sloppy is we don't put definitions or guardrails to it i've done this in That's my own right. life like what you need to say is i'm going to give it a good run for six months or i'm going to give it a good run for three months i'm not going to let this define I, I can't go into the second season doing it this way in this season and so that's where I've learned in my, you go back and look at, I, I'm an open book. I'll show everyone the stuff. Like I've done it in my books. I do it on my podcasts. I do it in my videos. I do it everywhere. Like I've actually taken this season into the next season too many times. And Absolutely. so I, I heard that, but I think what you're doing is amazing. Don't define any of that other stuff, mm-hmm. by the season you're needing to run right now. Cause who else is going to bring this book to life? But you,
1: that's right. That's right. And a lot of the time, you know, you, you have to train by running the sprint in order to get to the marathons, Benny. And it's about pushing through right now. But it's when that obsession turns into a pattern that is not sustainable for a lot right. of people. And I've seen a lot of folks in business, including some young, very successful friends of mine, deal with some serious health issues, including heart attacks and strokes around the age of 40, which is totally not cool for me and something that I don't want to have as a part <laughs> of my yourself. life. It's also it's not, not cool for, for me. me.
0: I don't want that. Yeah. Yet.
1: I mean, these people are hyper successful. Yeah, right. Right they were so focused on a dream or a goal that they had strokes at their desk or, you know, a heart attack on the way to a meeting. And I know that there are certain things that I've got to do right now from my obsession level in order to bring something to the marketplace to take care of James so that he can take care of those around him, his clients, and the rest of the world that is around him.
0: So, you also help people and you have a a consulting firm, an executive consulting firm. Uh, Its acronym is EGP, but it's Executive Global Partners. So, you and your team come in, you help executives. Um, with the operation of their business, with their mindset? Like, where do you go with that?
1: So so it, it's actually Excel Global Partners. Sorry, what exec- do I call it? E- Executive oh, uh, Global sorry. Partners.
0: Excel Global so, Partners, yeah. EGP. Sorry about that. It, is, that a, is that EGP.com or ExcelGlobalPartners.com? Where do you Excel, find Excel
1: Global ExcelGlobalPartners.com. We've been in business for, for 10 years, and we've done uh, engagements in uh, more than 15, 15 countries and in more than 20 states right now. So what we've cool gone… What's thing you guys do? So really supporting executives in the C-suite with financial and operational change, uh, really providing them with the information, the data, the levers, the technology, and the strategy to improve a company financially as well as operationally. So So we're like
0: kindred spirits. So you probably already like what we do at Fully Accountable. That's great. That's right.
1: Exactly. And it's about data and it's about strategy and communication. Love it. And when you can master those three things in a business, you can take it really, really far. But the thing that a lot of folks get wrong, Vinny, is the data component. Sometimes the reporting component, because they're going more on an emotional perspective in the business or this feels right or that feels right. right. You know, let's back up. The emotions are okay, but let's look at the data as well and combine it with your vision and the emotional side.
0: You know, it's funny. that we're, I'm the CEO, right? I'm the emotional hard driver you know sometimes the truth when it's turned sideways and you have to swallow that pill it's tough to swallow right it's it your baby looks so much prettier than what everyone's telling you it looks like in the data set and so uh, I think the advice I heard you say in there is like look at the data you know what's one of the ways you help them look at the data I don't mean just like look at the data you survey customers like how do you actually produce the data that like gets them to really like all right listen it might not be what you want to hear but it's what you need to hear how do you get there?
1: A lot of it begins with having the right financial systems and some of these companies are working on grandfathered in financial systems or or systems that actually won't deliver the reporting that they need. How can we hold an executive accountable if that executive does not have access to the right technology to find the numbers in order to make a decision?
0: Man, you should so actually just come and pitch our business, man. Like, that's exactly, we want to rid the world of traditional accounting because it literally is not supporting the digital technology that's available. That's today. exactly right. That's what you're doing, helping. That's great, man. Like,
1: that's exactly right. I
0: hope you do. I hope you have abundance tenfold because what everyone needs to know, you know, is there are two main kill. There are three killers to a business. The two that I'm out on mission to deal with is predictable cash flow because without it, you can't keep a business going. And two, the wrong people on the team. And both of those are metric driven decisions. Mm -hmm. So man, whatever I can do to support EGP on that, I am there for you. And if that is helping you guys with your book and whatever, that is what we live, eat and breathe here at Fully Accountable. Mm -hmm. We want to eradicate Everyone, including good accounting professionals, not having mm-hmm. to be stuck because these people are smart. They yeah. just are under-resourced with the wrong tools. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. ah. You're like my new best friend, man.
1: Well, you know, a lot of our engagements too are helping people to bring out the best in themselves. So we we supply them with the right tools and we get them to take a hard look in the mirror and we don't say, Hey, you know, your your baby is ugly, but we see it in a very palatable way so that we can make that baby look a lot prettier. We put the (laughs) lipstick on the pig and then we turn the pig into a a beautiful baby doll.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I might just say you have a third nipple. You probably say, Oh, just turn her a little this way, she looks so much better. A funny joke in my house is I say, you know, like someone will say, How does this look? I'm like, if you close your eyes, it looks great. Okay.
1: There you go. <laughs> all
0: right, James. What, what, we're getting close to our end here. What's, what's something you want to leave uh, people knowing today? What's an encouragement we can give everyone today?
1: Mm-hmm. An encouraging thing that folks can get out of today is that it's all about habits and disciplines and rituals. The mm-hmm. higher you get in success, in success the, the, the more challenging it becomes. But courage is a muscle and success is also a muscle that can be built over time. And you know, I'm a twenty-year overnight success story, Vinny. It didn't happen overnight, even though I'm only thirty-six years old and they you know, people might call me a millennial or really fast rise and success story, but that's not the truth. There's been lots of uh, work going on behind the scenes in terms of getting myself in order from the perspective that I wake up and go to sleep at the same time every single day. I've got the same workout rituals. I take really good care of my body so that I can take care of my mind and I devote time to my spirit. But all of these things are broken down into habits, and I talk about that as the 52 rules for creating a life of wealth and happiness in the book. And it's about predictability, from some regards, but also about crafting your life in such a way where you're the architect for its future by having success habits, by having success rituals, and by doing some of the same things day in and day out. Because we're not achieving our dreams in one day, we're chipping away at that giant ice block to come up with a beautiful sculpture in the end. Love it.
0: Hey, James, I, if one of the ways we could, thank you very much for today. This has been great. Thank you, ben, the I really
1: we, appreciate it. We, uh,
0: crew out there listening and watching one of the ways we can support James go check his stuff out go go see go look under the hood at EGP if you're an executive looking to want help in fixing that stuff and you know if you're looking uh, to to be purposeful look at the purposeful Me and go check it out like this is the stuff that you know it's all about the mind, right? And if we're not fighting on that front, then you know we're 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 losing a major battle. I always say there's roommates in there. Which one's winning, right? And mm-hmm. so I love this stuff. James, appreciate you being on the show today, and uh, thanks everybody out there. You'll remember it, this is a tough job being the CEO of your business. And so you know if if you if you if you if you felt like you were fed today, leave us a comment. Reach out to James. Let him know how you appreciate him. James, thanks for being on the show today.
1: Thank you so much, Fanny. I've enjoyed it. All
0: right.